Hello, and welcome into the 60 Feet 6 Inches LSU Pod. Thank you for joining me. In this episode, we'll be going over the weekend series for the LSU baseball team as they took on the visiting Missouri Tigers. What were the three big things we learned from this series? How did I do on the get right, stay right list? And what lies ahead this week for your Tigers? So thank you for tuning in. If you're listening on, in on audio for the first time, the 60 Feet 6 Inches LSU Pod is available on Apple, Google, Spotify, and other audio platforms. If you're viewing this on the 60 Feet 6 Inches LSU Pod YouTube channel, please make sure and subscribe to the channel. Hit that like button, comment, and hit the notifications bell. And on Twitter, you can follow me at 60FT6INLSUPod. That's at 60FT6INLSUPod. Make sure to follow the account, set your notifications, and interact with me on Twitter. As always, I'd like to thank everybody for liking and retweeting all of my tweets and all the comments y'all send me. I try to interact as much as possible, so I really do appreciate that support. Before I start off, just a quick shout out to LSU this weekend for hosting the 1997 National Championship team, which I was a member of. We had a 25-year reunion, so it was really great to see uh, guys I hadn't seen in a long time and some guys I hadn't seen in a couple years. It was great to uh, see Coach Bertman and Coach Dan Canaveri. And Mike Bianco was on that staff, but obviously he has other things to do with regards to coaching Ole Miss. But um, just a lot of love out there to my brothers. I love those guys, and uh, they really helped shape me and uh, into the competitor I was and to the man I am today. But I just want to – if those guys are tuning in, I just want to say a big thanks, and I had a blast with those guys this weekend. So hopefully more things to come on that front as uh, maybe I can get those guys together and do something around regional time. So – Anyway, let's get into it. What a great weekend for your LSU Tigers as they sweep Missouri at home, which was very much needed in my opinion as they begin the second half of SEC play. So LSU won 5-3 on Thursday, 4-3 in 10 innings on Friday, and then on Saturday they capped it off with an 8-6 victory. So it was important, I thought, with LSU to really jump out and get ahead as Missouri, as we talked about in the preview, is a very aggressive team. So LSU jumped ahead in two of the three games this weekend. The pitchers did a good job. They really didn't allow the Missouri offense to get going early and kept them from having those big innings we discussed, those crooked numbers as we like to call it here on the LSU pod. Out of the 28 innings all weekend, Missouri only scored more than one run in three innings, which in my opinion was huge. They scored two runs, two runs, and three runs in those three innings, which is a great job by the pitching staff in really eliminating those big innings that Missouri has had in previous SEC contests. On the weekend, the LSU pitchers only allowed the leadoff hitter to reach base six out of 28 times, with four of those six coming on Saturday. So that was enormous. If a team likes that beginnings, the easiest way to stop that is to get the leadoff guy out first. And they kept an aggressive hitting team off the base paths as well. So kudos to the team all the way around. Let's start off with the Thursday night game. LSU wins 5-3. to three. And really, to me, the story of the game was Jacob Berry and Mikhail Hilliard. You know, Berry goes 3-4 for four with a, two solo home runs. Uh, and a single in the fifth when LSU scored three runs to really pull away. So he just continues to rake and show why he is a first-round pick this year and one of the best hitters in the country. Missouri, I noticed um, on Thursday night their their pitchers were really trying to bust the LSU left-handed hitters in on the inside part of the play with a fastball, but um, that really didn't work against Barry too much as he made them pay. And then on the other hand, you have from the pitching staff, you just have kind of the captain of the ship, you know, Mr. Steady Eddie, Mikhail Hilliard, He's been a huge bright spot and a much-needed one for the starting pitching staff this year, and he's really solidified that first um, first game of SEC series, whether it's on a Thursday or Friday. And so he just he just did the job again as he usually does. 
He went a career-long seven innings pitched, gave up seven hits, two runs, two earned, no walks, which is enormous, and five strikeouts. He stayed out of the big innings, and he also got seven out of the eight leadoff men he faced out as well. So he continues to give consistent performances and really set the tone for the weekend for LSU. LSU, um, during the game, you know, it's kind of back and forth. Early, LSU scores three in the fifth to break open a 2-2 game. In that inning, Cruz hit a single, Barry hit a single, Doty followed by a double, and then Morgan followed with a single. It was kind of a weird play as a high chopper over the first baseman's head to kind of cap off that inning and score two runs. And right there, you just saw the big four of LSU just put, you know, back-to-back-to-back hits together, which is enormous. It broke open that 2-2 tie. And then the bullpen closed it out that game with Razelman, Cooper, and Gervais just slamming the door in Missouri to get that first win of the weekend. You know, you always like to say uh, you can't sweep unless you win the first one. So um, that was huge, really set the tone for the weekend. And to me, when I look back on that Thursday game, after I had a time to you know, rewatch it and uh, take some notes, I really felt it was one of LSU's most complete games of the year in terms of hitting, pitching, and defense. I thought the defense played really well, no errors that game. Um, I tweeted out I really liked Missouri's pitcher, Spencer Miles. He came in with kind of some balloon statistics, not very good ERAs in conference play, and uh, not a good batting average against, but I thought he had really impressive stuff, and he's going to make somebody a very happy organization when he gets drafted into pro ball probably later this year because he has really good stuff. And I thought they did a good job with trying to bust the LSU hitters in. That's the first team I've really seen where they pounded the LSU hitters, the left-handed hitters, hard inside with fastballs all night. And you saw Pearson, Morgan, Joe Bear really have trouble adjusting to that when he's busted a man with 92 to 94. So uh, I wonder if that will be a blueprint moving forward for other teams versus LSU's left-handed hitters. Also noticed that um, Travinsky, I don't have no inside information, but I wonder if Travinsky is Mikhail Hilliard's kind of personal catcher. You see that on the big leagues a lot of times where one pitcher likes to throw to one catcher. So you've seen lately Travinsky's going to start on the – when McHale pitches, and then McManus kind of comes in just like this weekend. McManus played Friday and Saturday with Travinsky getting the nod on the Thursday game. So I wonder if we'll see that to uh, continue throughout the rest of the year in the SEC schedule. That'd be something I'll be paying attention against uh, too, excuse me. But um, just something that I noticed. But really a nice complete game, 5-3 to three win, and um, really held Missouri at bay. And just, and just LSU have been struggling at home series and just a way to get off to a good start. And with, you know, the potential for a sweep, which uh, ultimately they got and ultimately they really need. So moving on to the Friday game, LSU wins this 4-3 to three in 10 innings. So I thought they really did a really good job of uh, hanging in there and just kind of not letting it go on all night. They did a good job of ending the game as soon as possible, Doty coming up clutch. But just some highlights for that game. So Money got the start in that game on Friday, and he only lasted two and two-thirds innings. And he had some tough luck in the third. I was surprised uh, Coach Johnson pulled him as early as he did. I have no reason why, but obviously they didn't like something they saw from Money, unfortunately. But LSU gets it going right off in the bottom of the first with Cruz, hits a bomb to lead off the game with a home run. Then in the third, fast forward to the third, Money gets the leadoff guy out. Then the defense kind of rears its head again. Bear lets the ball go through his legs at third and ends up being a double. Next guy singles, so it scores that guy. Then he gets a single, then a strike, and a strikeout. So we have two outs, so he's, Blake Money is almost out of it. Then the hitter hits a blooper to center. Cruz dies for it. He can't come up with it. And then a couple more runs scored, and he gets pulled right there for hasty. And I thought, really, the, 
you can argue whoever it was, but I thought from a pitching standpoint, Hasty was definitely the pitcher of the game. Because Hasty comes in, the guy tries to steal home on him. The le- he's a left-handed pitcher. A guy tries to take off from third and steal home. He steps off. He throws him out. He gets out of the jam. And then from there, he just held Missouri at bay. Gives chance at, uh, for LSU to get back into the game. And you've seen Hasty slowly come along these past couple weeks to where if he can get right and provide another left-handed arm out the bullpen, that is huge for LSU's pitching staff moving forward because that takes a lot of the pressure off of Cooper being the only lefty out the pen. And Hasty's got good stuff. You know, he's 92-93 with a really good, more of a conventional breaking ball where Cooper's got more of a sweeping slider. So if they're going to use Hasty maybe in that long roll that you've seen Collins provide from the right-handed side, that's a big plus moving forward, having two lefties with good stuff coming out the pen. So I was really happy for him and impressed to see him come out in SEC play and just dominate Missouri and, and hold the game in the middle innings right there. So in the fourth, Joe Bear kind of starts to get back on track. He hits a solo bomb. In the sixth, McManus hits a solo bomb. That puts LSU up 3-2. to two. It's like the night of the solo bombs on Friday night with um, Cruz, Joe Bear, McManus all hitting them. And at this point, Hasty's still dealing, and then Taylor comes in for him, and Taylor just blows absolute cheese, and he's dealing as well. In the eighth, Taylor does give up a home run to Missouri's best hitter, really, their best power hitter, Luke Mann. He's a lefty, hits over, the, and he goes opposite field. He hits it over the left field uh, fence, and I believe that's his eighth home run in SEC play. So he's on absolute fire. And so that ties the game up 3-3 in the 8th. And then we get all the way to the 10th, go to the bottom of the 10th, and it was a very interesting move by Coach Johnson. So DiGiacomo started, and in the 10th, he pitch hits, excuse me, pinch hits, Stevenson, the freshman, for Geo. So left for left against a right-handed pitcher for Missouri. And Stevenson delivers for a freshman. You know, he does a great job. He absolutely smokes a ball into the left center gap for a double to lead off the bottom of the 10th. And then Dylan Cruz did a great job. You know, he showed great awareness. All he wanted to do right there is move that guy from second to third. And you see that sometimes guys are a little selfish. They may try to single him in on his own. But Cruz hits a ground ball to a second. They get him out. Stevenson moves to third. Then Barry comes up and walks. And then Doty gets down to an 0-2 count with one out. And then he smokes a fastball into the left center gap. And the celebration ensues. But just what a great job by Stevenson as a freshman in that situation to lead off with a double. And then the upperclassmen just take care of it. Cruz moves him over. Barry walks. I wouldn't want to pitch to him either. And then Doty delivers, as he's done several times this year. You know, all the way back to the, uh, the games at the Shriners Classic in Houston. So, to me, another huge job by the pin with Hasty Taylor, Gervais, and Cooper right there. But... If I had to point to one thing in this game, you continue to see LSU struggle against left-handed pitching. In this game, Missouri ran out their freshman lefty. His name was uh, Newbeck. And then right after him, they ran out a reliever. His name was Loesch. Both left-handed. And as you remember, I don't know if you saw the, the preview pod, but LSU is last in the SEC when it comes to hitting left-handed pitching. They're hitting at a 192 clip. And in this game, LSU was only 1 for 13 with runners on base. So once again, you saw their struggles against left-handed pitching. And I think at this point in the year, it is what it is. They're just not going to be able – there may be some games where they light up a lefty, but you've seen it with the starter from Arkansas, Hagan Smith. You saw it with Newback, both freshmen. Obviously, I haven't gotten into Georgia or any other upcoming SEC series to figure out if they have lefties, but that's going to be a problem moving on. And unfortunately, 
if you fast forward, and I, I think this team's definitely going to make a regional, you would just hate to face a stud lefty in a regional. Or if they make a super regional, you know, looking at best two out of three. So that, that bugaboo could really come back to bite LSU. And if you, some of their best hitters are left-handed, so they're just going to have to figure it out and work through it. But I think at this point it is what it is. You just have to assume they're going to struggle against left-handed pitching. They did, uh, LSU did have one error that led to runs, but all in all, LSU's pitching only allowed Missouri hitters to go two for ten with runners in scoring position. And we talked about on the preview pod how good Missouri was at hitting with runners in scoring position, actually leading the SEC. So, once again, LSU hitters, I mean, excuse me, pitchers, they had a great scouting report, they did a good job, and they didn't let Missouri's hitters get off with runners in scoring position. So, great job by them. Moving on to Saturday. So, you got two wins in your pocket. Let's go for the sweep. LSU wins this one, as you all know, 8-6. to six. And it was just, it, to me, it's just huge. Anytime you can go for a sweep, especially when a team has been struggling at home. I think they're 1-6 in their last SEC series at home, which is, I'm going to be honest, completely uncalled for. you got to protect the box to get a sweep. I don't care if Missouri is 5-10 and 10 heading this. It doesn't matter. Anytime you can get three wins to start the second half of SEC play, that's enormous. And to me, it was very evident early on that Coach Jay Johnson and I'm sure pitching coach Jason Kelly, they talked – they were going to do whatever it took from a pitching staff perspective to get this win. And you saw that early on. Um, to lead things right off, Missouri hasn't really jumped out to a hot start, even though they had done that in previous SEC games. I mean, right off the bat, air at third by Barry. Next pitcher hits a bomb. So right off the bat, Missouri is up two to nothing. Dutton gets out of it, but then he gets pulled early, and he's only, he only goes one and two-thirds, which is disappointing. So... As I just mentioned, I just said that um, whatever it took, Coach Johnson was going to use the pitchers however he felt, however he thought they were going to be the most effective. And if he had to run through the whole staff to get that sweep, then he was going to run through the whole staff. And if you haven't noticed by now, I mean, Johnson and Kelly really run their bullpen like a Major League Baseball team. They're into analytics. They're into data. They're into lefty-lefty matchups. They'll pull guys with a 1-0 count, with a 2-0 count. They do not care. And much to the fan, much to LSU fans' dismay, they don't like how the game takes longer. You know, you typically see before they make a move, the catcher goes out to talk. Coach Johnson will go out to talk. Then he may give the pitcher another a couple of pitches, depending where they are on the count, and then he'll go back out there again to make a move. So it's it's very labored. It's very Major League Baseball-like. But in the end, I think that is what it is this year, and that's just how they're going to run their bullpen. So back to the game on Saturday. Dutton gets pulled. Um, Collins comes in and does a good job of uh, allowing LSU to get a chance to get back in the game, being down 2 nothing. LSU scores two in the third, um, powered by uh, a Joe Bear solo home run. The game's tied 2-2. In the fourth, boom, LSU comes right back and scores three off the back of a two-RBI double by McManus to make it 5-2. And McManus went absolutely ballistic, just nuts on Saturday. He was 3-for-3 three three in the home run shy of the cycle. So... He went off. He was seeing the ball like a beach ball on Saturday, and good for him. You know, I think everybody's kind of been waiting for him to hit. You heard that during the fall. He was a big hitting catcher, and maybe now he's just getting a little more comfortable with his role, getting used to SEC pitching, and uh, he did a great job on Saturday, really, you know, leading that offense. Mizzou gets one back in the fifth, but then Barry hits another solo home run in the bottom half of the fifth to make it 6-3. to three. The next inning, Morgan doubles in a run. He does a great job, kind of inside out in a swing and hits a rocket into a left center gap. That's kind of the Trey Morgan we all know and love. 
He does a great job of letting the ball travel and keep his hands inside the ball. So it's 7-3 in the seventh, and I was there at the game, and I was like, this thing's on cruise control. You know, maybe they score again, but I really didn't see Missouri coming back. It felt like the pitchers had everything in hand. But lo and behold, you know, Missouri does not um, take their foot off the gas. They keep pressing and pressing, and they're not going to give up. And they definitely made some noise. So in the eighth, the defense comes back to hurt LSU again. So Razelman's in. He's been throwing very well. He gets a little tired in the eighth. This is like he goes out for his third inning at this point. So he hits a batter. Then he goes four-pitch walk. He gets pulled for Gervais. Gervais goes wild pitch, then a sack fly, which scores a run. So you got one out, men on first and third, ground ball to Thompson, and it looked like it was a tailor-made double play. Just 6-4-3, you're out of the inning, no harm, no foul. You gave up one run, but you're back in the dugout, and it's the eighth. He boots the ground ball, and unfortunately, you can't even get the force out at second. And that just extends the inning. So then... I mean, that was just really unfortunate, right? I mean, worst time to have an error right there. Now you're wondering, is it trouble time? What's going to happen? But you're still up. It's 7-5. to five. A run scores on that. Fontenot comes in for Gervais. Fontenot gets a K, which is huge. Great job. Then he walks, walks in a run after that. Then he gets pulled. So Fontenot's just kind of having a little trouble staying consistent this year. And Johnson and Kelly have a short leash with him. And then Cooper comes in and gets out the jam. So it's 7-6. to six. Bottom of the eighth, McManus crushes a triple off the center field wall. The freshman Pearson comes up with a big two-out RBI to kind of answer right back and extend that lead to two. And then that's it. Cooper slams the door in the ninth, and there you have it, a sweep. So just all in all, a huge series for LSU. You know, if you divide the SEC uh, season in half, they're 3-0. and If you want to look at it like that, 3-0. and you got 12 games left to go. And I, I, I said in the preview pod that if LSU can go 16 and 14, I think they'll be in some really good shape. But now starting off 3-0, and Ole Miss drops a series. Alabama drops a series. you got a tough Georgia team coming in. Then you got to end the season at Vanderbilt. So getting this sweep against a, a, a bottom SEC East team was enormous in my opinion. All right. So let's get to the get right, stay right list. So how did I do in my predictions? I think I pretty much nailed it this week. I'm going to give myself a pat on the back. I, I think I, I called it. So let's see here. On the get right, I had Morgan. So on the weekend, Trey Morgan, 4 for 11. He hit 364 with three RBIs. He had a tough day versus the left-handed pitcher on Friday. But in the end, he came through when it needed. And I just wonder if he crowds the plate, as y'all know. I wonder if more teams are going to start busting him in. And he doesn't really pull the ball. But he's going to have to adjust if more teams start pounding him in. So it's definitely something to watch out for. But all in all, I think he kind of turned things around from a little bit of a slump he was having and really hit the ball well all weekend. So we'll take 364, three RBIs on the weekend every day from him. So check that off as a get right. I also had Thompson and Joe Bear, kind of a combination there. Thompson, he's still struggling. He went one for 11 on the weekend. Now he's hitting 139 in his last 10 games. That's five for 36. So, uh, JT is struggling a little bit and a little bit of a slump. But Joe Bear, on the other hand, you really saw him turn the corner. So he had been scuffling as well. But he hits two home runs on the weekend. He goes four for 11. And some of his outs were very loud. And I know he hit some rockets into the shift a couple times. So for him to get back on the, the dinger board and to go four for 11, which is 364, I'll take that. And I think he's, hopefully he's starting to turn the corner as well to where we saw 
uh, kind of the Florida SEC series Joe Bear, which was monstrous. So I'll take a win on Joe Bear right there for get right. And then last, catchers. I had catchers on the weekend. I thought they needed to be good defensively against Missouri. I felt like Missouri's going to try to steal when they got on base. Luckily, they didn't get on base a ton. And I thought the catchers were clutch. You know, Missouri didn't have any stolen bases on the weekend. They got caught stealing once. And then when you look at how well McManus swung the bat on Friday and Saturday, that is definitely a get right for the catchers this weekend. So McManus goes four for seven on the weekend, which is 571, hits a home run and three RBIs. So he definitely got right. So I got Morgan right, got the catchers right, Thompson and Joe Bear split, so I'll take three for four all day, every day. So how did I do on the stay right? On the stay right, first off, I had the bullpen. They were a little so-so at Arkansas, just, just one or two bad innings. That's really it. And then we look at Missouri, though. I think they went, they did what they were supposed to, and they threw a lot of innings this weekend. So how about the bullpen through 60% of the innings this weekend? Really due to the fact, obviously, that money went out early and then Dutton went out early, and the bullpen just had to eat up those games. So on the weekend, the bullpen threw 16 and two-thirds innings, gave up 13 hits, six runs, five earned, six walks, which is a great job, and 24 strikeouts. So four-to-one ratio, which is phenomenal. And by my calculations, I had them at a 2.7 ERA for the weekend. And I thought you saw some different people step up. Hasty stepped up. Collins stepped up on Saturday. We did not see Vitmeyer this weekend. And it always seems like one weekend, one guy gets left out. I think last weekend it was Collins that got left out. But they really have a lot of arms in that bullpen, maybe more so than we're used to seeing, and they're not afraid to use all of them. And um, I still think you see Cooper, Razelman, and Gervais kind of in that 7-8-9 role, and they're kind of mixing and matching right now depending on, you know, I think Gervais is the closer, but you saw him struggle a little bit on Saturday, his second game of the weekend, and then Cooper just came out to close it. So I think you can just kind of throw those guys on the table and figure it out, and all those guys are capable of uh, setting up or closing games. So, very impressed by the bullpen. They definitely stayed right. I also had Cruz and Barry. Those guys need to stay right pretty much every weekend. But against Missouri, their pitching staff didn't have great stats coming in, as we discussed. So, I thought they were going to go nuts this weekend and really just hit, hit, hit all weekend. And that's what they did. Cruz went 5 for 13 with a home run. So, that's 385 on the weekend. And then Barry, he may have a chance to be SEC Player of the Week. I mean, I have no idea what everybody else did on the conference in terms of the hitters. But on the weekend, he just hit a cool 600. I mean, it's pretty good where I come from. Six out of 10 on the weekend with three bombs and five RBIs. So very impressive weekend for Mr. Barry. And I think him and Cruz just continue to lead this offense. You know, Cruz looks like they're going to hit one, two or two, three, depending on who's the, who's on the mound with Dodie backing them up. But uh, those guys just continue to produce week in and week out at the top of the lineup. And really LSU needs them to. The last one on the stay right list, I had starting pitching. And I'll say I missed on this one. I thought about giving myself a push, but that's too easy. So I'll definitely say I missed. Um, I touched on Hilliard earlier. He continues to do a great job in game one of the series. But I I think there's some question marks with the game two and game three starters moving forward. You know, with with Coach Johnson and Kelly pulling those two starters so early, I don't know what that means for the SEC series coming up. I don't know if they plan on moving somebody else into that role like Floyd who pitched well in the midweek, and I assume he's going to start Tuesday at UNO. I don't know if they're going to give Taylor a chance to start. 
I just don't know what they do at that point. Or if they just continue to roll with the three they have been and just assume, you know, it's going to be all hands on deck for the game two and game three. So, I mean, that could be an issue moving forward. You know, um, the deeper we get into SEC play, I just think that's a lot of innings to ask the bullpen to continue to eat up, eat it, eat up week in and week out. And that's just a lot of pressure. And, and you just wonder the hotter it gets later on in the season, if you just wear those guys out a little bit and their stuff starts to kind of decline a little bit, their velocity goes down, their breaking balls aren't as sharp. So that'll be something to uh, keep an eye on. And I know the pitches, the pitching coaches and the head coach monitor in their pitch count very closely. They, they like to keep guys under 30 pitches so they can make multiple appearances in the weekend. But we'll just have to see. When you're throwing 60% of the innings on the weekend, that's uh, that's not great for the bullpen. So all in all, stay right. Got the bullpen, got Cruz and Barry, and I missed on the starting pitching. So I pretty much smashed it, guys. I'm going to say pretty much killed the get right, stay right list. Every, every now and then I get some right, right? Okay. Starting to wrap this thing up. What are the three big things we learned from the series this weekend? First, home sweep. Needed, needed to protect the box. Really needed a sweep out of a, off of a 5-10 and 10 Missouri team. And in the end, they got it. So at times, it might have been a little nervous for the fan base. But any times you can get three wins in the SEC, we'll take it. I mean, you think about it. They swept State on the road, which is surprising. They got swept at Arkansas, which is probably a little surprising as well. And they may have kicked themselves after one or two of those games. I definitely think they should be. And then to come back and sweep Missouri, I saw a stat on Twitter where the only time that's happened was in 96. 96, we swept Georgia, got swept at Florida, and then swept Tennessee on the way when we came back home. So a little interesting stat. I think Todd Polite's put that out on his Twitter, so I want to give him credit. So I did predict a sweep, but uh, it's one thing to predict and the other thing for those two guys to um, come through. So the thing moving forward is can they show consistency? You know, it's been a kind of an up and down SEC season for them so far. Just you look at the back half, they have Georgia who's 11 and seven coming in this weekend. Then you go to Bama, Ole Miss at home who's scuffling, but they're still dangerous. And then you have at Vandy. So getting off to a three and zero start in the second half of the SEC season is a clutch right there. So home sweep. The second thing I learned this weekend, it was really good to see other hitters contribute. I mean, we have the big four, right? You have Cruz, Barry, Morgan and Doty. And those guys are very consistent. You need those guys to produce every weekend. But if you ever have a weekend where two of those guys aren't producing, it could spell trouble. I mean, that could be a serious issue. But it was good to see McManus step up. Joe Bear kind of come back to himself, running some balls out the yard. The two freshmen in Pearson and Stevenson. I thought those guys uh, really played well this weekend. They had some clutch hits. And if you're an LSU fan, it's going to be nice to see those guys for the next two years because they're really going to develop and become cornerstones of this team and of this lineup. And they look, you know, wise beyond their years, per se. You know, very mature physically, and their approach at the plate is good. You know, they're getting thrown in SEC pitching, seeing older guys with a lot of velocity that they don't see in high school. So to me, their approach as freshmen and the ability for them to contribute has been has been really huge in the middle of the season for for LSU, especially with Dugat going down being hurt. So it's been nice to see those guys step up to the plate, no pun intended there. So, And the last thing I learned this weekend out of the three big things, number three. So it just I touched on it, but moving forward, I think Coach Johnson and Coach Kelly are just going to employ an all-hands-on-deck approach to the pitching staff, especially in the bullpen. I think 
If LSU wins game one of the series, home or away, doesn't matter. Coach Johnson's going to do everything he can to win game two, whether that's the second or the third game. Whenever he has a lead, he's going to do everything. In his, it doesn't matter if he throws the whole pin. He'll throw seven guys. He's showed that already to secure a two out of three series victory for LSU, home or away. That's what this weekend taught me. You know, I think um, he'll use data and analytics and go lefty-lefty matchups. Or if he needs a strikeout, he's shown he'll bring in Razelman or Gervais. And if he has to burn those guys, like Razelman came in like in the fifth or sixth on um, Saturday, which is odd. So if he has to burn him early and then he has to, you know, kind of quote-unquote figure it out later, he's going to do that. As long as he can get two out of three wins during the weekend, you know, that's the goal of every SEC series, in my opinion. And he's shown that he'll do uh, whatever it takes to do that. So I think it is what it is, and it should be something to watch moving forward. So, all right. Um, What's next for the Tigers? So LSU travels to UNO on Tuesday to face Blake Dean, the old LSU Tiger there, to face his squad. And then Georgia comes into town. So we're back to a Friday, Saturday, Sunday series. Thank goodness I can't stand Thursday through Saturday. It is nice to have your Sunday free. But um, it was evident. I don't think the fans like it either because the box was not packed on Thursday. And uh, Saturday noon starts aren't great for the box and they're faithful either. You know, people have kids and baseball games and basketball games or whatever. And I think if those if, – I'm sure LSU doesn't have any say-so in it, but it was evident to me that – Thursday, Friday, Saturday, noon start is not ideal for the Tiger faithful. So maybe uh, a little too early to get going on Saturday there after a long Friday night. So, But uh, that's it for the upcoming week. And um, LSU, you know, season's winding down very quickly. So LSU has to continue to, you know, get consistent, stay consistent, and make some hay. Because the SEC uh, West is still kind of a mess. A&M took two out of three at Arkansas this weekend. So I think... You have a bunch of teams jumbled at the top and some teams that are clearly at the bottom, and uh, it's going to be a race to the finish. So I think LSU put themselves in a really good spot this weekend. So, All right, guys, that's going to do it for me here on the 60 Feet 6 Inch LSU Podcast. Please make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel, like and comment on this video. Make sure to check out the podcast on Apple, Google, and Spotify and other audio platforms. And be sure to follow and interact with me on Twitter. Once again, the account is at... 60FT6INLSUPOD. I appreciate it, guys. I got some good things coming up. I got the logo situation worked out, so hopefully maybe I can get some merchandise out there to some people, and uh, we'll just kind of keep going with this thing. Thank you for all the support, guys. Y'all be careful and stay safe.